A reading from the sixth chapter of Ephesians, beginning with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything to stand firm, stand therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert, and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. There was a little boy who went to the only grocery store in his small town. He walked in and he found a clerk and he said, I need a box of laundry soap. And the man at the counter asked him, well, what do you need it for? What kind do you want? And the boy said, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to use it to give my dog a bath. And the clerk warned him. He said, you know, that stuff is pretty strong. You might better use something else or maybe just use a little bit. You wouldn't want to hurt him. But the next day, the boy returns to the store looking pretty sad, and the clerk asked him, how's your dog? Is he nice and clean? And the boy said, no, he's dead. Used too much soap, didn't you? Replied the old man, and I said, I told you that stuff was too strong for that. And the boy said, no, no, soap didn't kill him. I think it was the spin cycle that got him. <laughs> Laundry detergent meant for laundry, right? Clothes washers meant to wash what? Clothes. Or your blanket. Stuffed toys. But everything is developed in its strength for a purpose. Is that, is that fair to say? If you want to loosen a boat, you can't go get your kids Fisher Price pliers out of the toy bin and get a bolt loose, can you? They're not strong enough. They're not strong enough. Laundry detergent is fabricated to get stains out of clothes. None of it works, but that's what they tell us in commercials anyway. Everything is made by the manufacturer for the purpose that the manufacturer wants it to achieve. Do you hear that? This is important. 
Everything that a company makes is made strong enough to do the purpose for which they make it. In a capitalist society like ours, that has to be the case because nobody's going to go buy a car that will only go 20 miles an hour now, right? We want something that will achieve the purpose that we buy it for. It must be strong enough. Listen, why would we doubt that the maker of the church would have any less intent than the people who make Tide detergent? I'm pretty sure that the people who make Tide detergent want Tide to be able to get the grits out of my shirt. Is that fair to say? If God has created the church through the death and resurrection of Jesus to be a body of Christ in the world who conveys the message of eternal life in the midst of stubborn and resistant death, doesn't it stand to reason that God would make us strong enough for that project? What do you think? Is that sound judgment? I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. More than any other time in my lifetime, in 51 years, the church is under attack now. I'm not talking about currently. I'm talking about by just the simple fact that it is dangerous for us to be together. COVID has shown us what it was like for Christians in the first century of following Jesus. Gathering together has the threat that we may be harmed. But here you are. Because Christ is making you strong. For the first time in my life, I think maybe I actually understand what Paul was going through when he wrote this letter in a jail separated from others. A prisoner in chains, he said, pray for me that I may not be weak. Finally, he says, be strong. Like you, I felt a little bit of glee at my last appointment on my last day. I walked around Ripped all the ribbons off the pews. I'd had enough. And man, the numbers were getting good. And then I came here and I saw that we weren't wearing masks because the numbers here were good. I said, man, that's terrific because I'm tired of preaching to people in masks. But COVID has lifted its head again in a new form. And I wonder, do we have the strength to resist? Listen, it is the intent of our Maker. It is the intent of the Lord Jesus Christ who wrought the church out of His own suffering that we would be equipped to suffer in strength and to resist whatever the devil might throw our way. If God intends that for us, do we believe God less than we believe the people who make tied detergent? Clamoring and putting all these little p 
posts up and seven ways to keep your church from folding up in the pandemic. I only know of one way to remind you who made you. To remind you that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered for us, died and was raised not to create a wimpy church that's afraid, but to create a strong people who could stand in resistance to the devil and the Roman Empire and whatever the powers and principalities of the air and the demonic forces of the world could throw at it because it follows the risen Christ into the world. But yet, when I started sniffling, I felt scared. When my sinuses were burning and I felt like I had a golf ball stuck in my throat, I was a little scared. I need to be made strong. And so Paul says, finally be strong. But what the English misses that's in the Greek is the passive voice of the verb. He's not calling us to be acting, but to be acted upon. He's not telling us to roll up our sleeves and hit the old spiritual gym and make ourselves powerful. He's telling us to remember who it is that's powerful, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, be made strong in the Lord. Not in yourself, but in the Lord. Be made strong in Christ. Be made strong in Christ. We are to become strong in the Lord as those who are being made strong by the Lord. We are to be fearless as those who know that the only power we truly have to fear, which is death, has been defeated by the one who walks ahead of us. We follow a general into battle who has been hit with the greatest missile of the enemy, death itself, and he stood up and said, let us keep going. And strengthens us to march into the darkness and shout his name and to remind the darkness that the light of the world is still with us. Be strong, he says, by relying on the strength of God, not our own strength. We aren't being told to get our old muscles up or to get our efforts up or to get our might up or to get our abilities up or to try harder. We are being told to follow, to keep following Jesus and not give up, to not let the devil convince us that Jesus has lost. The schemes and the wiles of the devil who would us that we are not enough when we follow Jesus, that somehow we need to move away and improve ourselves and elevate ourselves and make ourselves more perfect instead of following the one who is itself. What he calls us to do is to rest in the Lord's strength and not be afraid. To be the body attached to the head. 
case you've forgotten what I mean by that, listen to these words from the first chapter of this letter. Paul writes that he wishes we would know what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. According to the working of his great power, he says, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Every name. Not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Dear ones, we are a body attached to the head. We are not out there floundering around on our own left to our own strength, our own courage, our own will. But rather, we are being strengthened and equipped by the risen Christ for the work that is ahead of us. The work of resisting evil. Of resisting fear. Of resisting pride. Of resisting hatred. Of resisting injustice. Of standing up against everything that would steal the heart of God's children. We are being made strong. Not individually. That's not what this text is about at all. It's about all of us together who are gathered here in this place, who are watching on Facebook, wherever we are, everyone who has put their trust in Christ is the church and is His body under His head being equipped for the purpose of waging the war that He has won, of resisting. and not giving in, of maintaining joy in the midst of blight, of maintaining hope in the midst of death. Because the devil wants nothing more than to whisper doubt and fear into our ears and convince us that Jesus is powerless to save us. That we are on our own. That we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and hope for the best. In the popular way of saying it, that's BS. Jesus has defeated the worst come against us. And He asks us to follow Him into it, shouting His name, the name of the victor. And so Paul says He's equipping us not to attack, but to resist. And if we read the list carefully, we will see that. We're told to take up the whole armor of God, an armor that God is putting on us, the church. 
so that we can withstand the evil day, including this evil day, when those days that make it look as if there is no God and there is no hope except for technology and government. To stand firm. Stand firm. Stand therefore, he says, in the hope that you have in Christ. Stand. Put the belt of truth around your waist. The knowledge that Christ is raised. The knowledge that Christ was dead and was raised and we need not fear death anymore. That no matter what men may do to us, we have life. No matter what hurt may come, it does not win. To put on truth... Because truth girds up our robe and allows us to move forward. When a soldier put on the belt around the tunic, it kept them from tripping on their clothes. It keeps us from tripping on all the doubts and the fears that the world whispers to us and allows us to move forward in hope because we know that Jesus is alive because He's alive in us. And if Jesus is alive, He ain't dead. And if Jesus ain't dead, then death is not all it cracks itself up to be. And you, church, are being empowered to shout that to the world. So put your belt on. Carry truth out there with you when you leave. Put on the breastplate of righteousness because you need it to protect your heart against all the lies of deceitful people who would say, oh, you church, y'all are just a bunch of people who hide away from the world and deny the world and hate the world. But put on that breastplate that protects your heart and reminds you that you belong to the one who created and loves the world and are being created to love the world yourself. And that breastplate will protect you and keep you from becoming a jaded person who is cynical about everyone around you and instead allow you to share the good news of Christ. That breastplate of righteousness protects your heart and keeps your heart from becoming hard. And he says, put on your feet whatever you need to move forward. I can't walk on gravel. I have Man, I have just weak little feet. My wife can walk on sharp glass, I think. <laughs> Whatever you need to be able to walk, put it on, church. Get your shoes on. This is not a time for sitting. It's a time for moving. So he says, put your shoes on. And then he says, take the shield of faith. Oh, thank God we have a shield. I know what those flaming arrows, arrows of the evil one feel like, do you? Do you know what it's like to have your heart pierced by deceit and lies? By disappointment? Do you know what it's like to have your heart pierced when praise you? It happens all the time. It even happens to preachers. It's the worst of it when something wonderful happens in worship and somebody complains because it was too long. <laughs> Fifty people got baptized. Somebody's going to complain because their chicken burned. 
And so Paul says, lift your shield, man. They used to wrap their shields in leather and soak them in water so that when a flaming arrow hit it, instead of burning the shield up, it was extinguished. Your faith is meant to be a shield for you to hold up and hide in. To lift before you as you resist and all those flaming arrows that would pierce your heart and take away your joy. Oh, Paul says they won't penetrate that shield if you'll but stand behind. They'll be extinguished. Man, that's good news. Oh, but then he says, protect your mind. Take the helmet of salvation and remember that Christ is delivering us from every evil and danger and everything that death can hurl at us. It's powerless. Whatever strength it may have is temporary at best. It has been defeated. Put on the helmet of salvation. And so far, if you're a Bible scholar, you might remember Isaiah talking about all of these things and the divine warrior who would come and fight for God's people. The risen Christ. Our head. The one who is equipping us to follow Him and to battle, to stand behind Him and resist. Because the battle is won. And so he said, take the sword of the Spirit. The only thing here that we might be able to construe as an offensive weapon, because you poke people with a sword, right? But you also defend with a sword. And here he's not talking about my Bible. He's not talking about the written Word. It's the, book. the Word is rhema. It's the spoken Word. It's your proclamation that Jesus is Lord. It's your proclamation that Jesus has been raised. It's your proclamation that everything has been put under the feet of the living Christ. That is the Word of God that is the sword of the Spirit that will move the world. And it's given to you, church. To you. You are being made strong for the movement that shouts to the top of its lungs that darkness does not have the final say that the light of the world has come. And so I ask you again, if the people who make Tide want to make sure it's strong enough to do its job, don't you think that God will make His church strong enough to meet our purpose? He's equipping you. You lack nothing. All that's asked of us is that we would trust what He has given us and walk boldly into the darkness and shout the name of Jesus. And do not be afraid. Right now, the world feels like we are in a spin cycle. But Christ has overcome the world. 
follow Him. And do not be afraid. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.